Well, welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. Today, Nick Brettwish at Sticks Picks, S-T-I-X-P-I-C-K-S. And with me is Mr. David Hess. Hess is kind of on a big run here, killing XFL, killing NBA. I uh, unfortunately do not play NBA. Maybe I should start one of these days. But Hess, what up, man? Not a lot. Just uh, actually building NBA lineups. <laughs> <laughs> Multitasking. I like a dual sport athlete here. I could uh, I could feel the uh, enthusiasm in your voice there. So uh, we'll uh, we'll do the an XFL breakdown today for week four. We'll just take it game by game, kind of go over some of our fades and top plays and keep it simple. Get you guys on with your life. For the most part, XFL, NFL is pretty much all I do. All I do is like to watch football film, kind of analyze cornerbacks, receivers, quarter, quarterbacks, running backs, all that good stuff related to football has like we said takes on every sport so he's a uh, a man of many hats but we'll kick it off right here with la at new york and we got la as a seven point or seven point favorite on the road and a vegas total of 40 points to me this doesn't interest me a whole lot i know i had a lot of la last week and a lot of josh johnson that paid off well unfortunately i did not have a lot of trey mcbride or uh, montez carter whatever that uh third or fourth string running back's name was but he blew up but yeah uh, what are your thoughts on this game Hess? i'll let you kick it off i like the la receivers still i think they're, they're probably going to be chalk but with no nelson spruce and mcbride currently up in the air um you know adonis jennings unfortunately is 3k i've played him every week except the week that i think it's like nine fantasy points um i keep going back to that well and then Whitfield comes back, and he's really cheap. You know, as we talked earlier in the week, Brandon Barnes is also pretty interesting. So I don't have a lot of interest in the game outside of the value receivers, but I think that that's one of the better spots to go to if you're trying to cram in Cam Phillips and Philip Walker this week. For sure, yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more there. The I, I'm not necessarily in on Jennings, but, like, but nine. what's funny about the XFL is nine fantasy points is actually like, all right, your, your lineup's <laughs> probably doing well if you get if everybody on your team has nine points and then you get your you know, your PJ Walker and Cam Phillip duo that goes off for 70 you know, combined. So nine points is not bad. So if you hear nine points in the podcast, that is something you, you don't want to write off. It's not that easy to get guys that get nine points so it's kind of funny um but yeah i i don't know if i'm very in on Dennis jennings i just don't think he's that good he's probably going to be their number one wide out this week but it sounds like saheed blacknall is coming back i'm not sure if i'm interested in him and jordan smallwood he's a big dude i've been i think i play him every week in a couple lineups so i just feel like he's going to blow up one of these days but the pace at 40 points it just doesn't seem like this is going to be that close of a game again la is a seven point favorite that's not too much in the xfl but we haven't seen overtime yet but the guy that you mentioned i like a lot and he's min price to 3k is uh kermit whitfield from what it what i saw on film it seems like he's going to play the slot a lot especially with spruce out so that's what i'm kind of interested in i wouldn't say that whitfield is a safe play by any means but he did play 25 percent of the snaps last week and most of that was when spruce went out of the game and the game was out of reach there at that point la was up by so much so we only saw one target for whitfield he did catch it it was six yards nothing special but if he's in for a big day um, of, you know, 75% or more of the snaps in the slot, I think Whitfield is very, very safe for a lineup build that hopefully has P.J. Walker, Cam Phillips, and all these guys from Houston and Dallas that should be blowing up that we'll, we'll talk about in a bit. Any other thoughts to that? No. I mean, outside of I agree that Whitfield is probably – my favorite GPP play out of them for the same reason I was going to bring up that I thought that he'd take over in the slot, which has been, you know, the most heavily targeted position for LA so far. I mean, I guess we'll find out this week whether it's because Nelson Spruce plays there or because the offense runs through the slot. But I think that Whitfield for, for bare minimum is a really interesting GPP play. 
Yeah, agreed. Couldn't couldn't agree more. I think uh, Brandon Barnes, you did touch on him. He's one of my favorite players in the XFL. He just doesn't get a whole lot of work because they really don't need him. I think this week, he could, you know, with Spruce out, again, if it's not Whitfield, that's being the benefactor of that. I think Brandon Barnes should get a lot more usage this week. He's only had three targets, I think, the last two weeks. His price is kind of high. I'm going to try to pull that up here so I can talk about price and correlate that with the players here. What is he? Is he 4,700? Yeah, 4,700. So, to me, he's a big, a big body guy. He is a good blocker, but they played a lot of Hampton last week, who also had 44% of the snaps. Barnes was at 70%, and Hampton was awful. He got, I think he got two targets. He dropped them both. They weren't bad passes. He's just bad. And then as soon as he dropped that second pass, it seems like he just got out of the game. So I think Brandon Barnes is going to be a red, red zone threat. He's, you know, he's not going to catch a deep ball, go for 100 yards like uh, Parham did for Dallas. But at tight end and a, a receiver in DFS, I think you can go way worse than Brandon Barnes if you could pay for him at 4700 I think it's safe in cash. I don't know how much I love him in GPPs because, again, I just don't want to put a whole lot of equity into this L.A. game here at all. Um, what are your thoughts on the running backs there, Hess? I think that at this point with Montez Carter and uh, Hood coming back and they had – I'm sorry, I don't remember who the third name is. but it's, Larry, I know it's, Larry Rose, it's, the guy that Larry. everybody else played last week. Yeah, I mean, it's just I, – I read this week they want to play all three now so like it already went from a two-man backfield that i wanted to avoid to a three-man backfield that i definitely want to avoid i i wouldn't take a shot on any of them yeah hard pass as well couldn't agree more we'll uh we'll move on here the other side of the ball there new york absolute dumpster fire of a football team i don't know i don't think mcglynn's gonna play they said he's injured but it's gonna be a backup i really don't know the the only guys that i personally have interest in is potentially mckeon mckay but again i don't think that don't trust any quarterback on this team but if they do get in a shootout again the total 40 points i don't see that happening biggest doesn't see that happening but sometimes they're wrong especially with a new sport like the xfl i think mckay he's playing like 90 percent of the snaps every single or every game the last two weeks so that's obviously pretty useful and he's a deep ball threat a good player and then i guess darius victor is the lead running back there but I don't know. I just have no interest in, in this game really at all besides one or two guys on the L.A. side. Yeah, I like McKay as kind of a leverage play. I would say after these two bad weeks in a row or three bad weeks in a row, you know, he's in top eight fantasy points. I guess it's not bad, but that was all the way back in week one. He had 2.7 last week. It's been steadily dropping. I think that after these three, you know, mediocre to bad games, a lot of people are going to be off of him. But he's a really talented player. I think that Perez will start there. And I actually watched some of the AAF and he's terrible. But he also loves to throw the ball deep. Um, so he, he throws a lot of deep balls. They're not very accurate. They're not very good. But he is mobile, which in um, the XFL, that's really shown to be um, kind of like the X factor so far. The mobile quarterbacks that can that can move the pocket have done well, and, and the immobile ones haven't done as, as well. So I, I kind of think that this is a sneaky spot for McKay. I mean, it, you know, it only... It only takes one long catch for him to for him to, to pay off if his ownership comes in low. And with the way that his price has dropped, you know, he's down to 8K. I think he started as one of the only 10K receivers in week one. But outside of that, I, I really don't have other interest in this game. Victor will be in there a, a couple times just because I don't think that we're going to see a lot of Tim Cook anymore. And then, yeah, McKay, I, I don't think he'll even be like 5% owned, honestly. At 8K, I think that's still too much. But like you said, and maybe this Louis Perez guy could chuck him a deep ball or two and he puts up 17, 18 points at 1% to 5% ownership. I think that is a huge leverage play. It's a great point there. But again, 
I it doesn't sound like either of us are very invested in this game and honestly that's what's been paying off for my personal success so far I haven't had a losing week in XFL DFS yet I've only had the one really big one that was week one but a, you know a four digit day in week two and then nothing really crazy since then the success for me has just been kind of dumbing down my lineups just game stacking one game and then maybe using a back and forth from another game that I like and that's pretty much all I've been doing any thoughts there has on, on just lineup builds in general yeah my favorite build has been a quarterback with two of their weapons and then running one back on the other side as well I actually got destroyed last week because I fully faded Cam Phillips so you know everyone knows how that went I, no you know, I for made. sure I mean you got to take a stand though so if, if he did nothing your lamps probably go the complete other way you're probably at the top of the leaderboard on most of those because uh, again i'm with you man i re- rarely play chalk guys unless it's like you know a christian mccaffrey in the nfl but we really don't have that i still don't think that cam phillips can put up points like this like regression is coming ownership's going to be there though and you know it, it's hard to fade pj walker because like you said these mobile quarterbacks just do so much more than everybody else so i, I do believe in walker I'd, i'll eat his chalk any day but phillips like the the regression's got to come one of these days but yeah like like has said there i, I like the quarterback stack with two receivers and one or two on the other side is my personal preference and then i just get someone that's going to get volume and has got to be value at that point too especially with how these prices are just jumping up through the roof now in week four next game we have seattle at st louis st louis is a 12 and a half and some books have a 13 point favorite at home this total is 38.5 points honestly it sounds like the 2018 bears against the detroit lions like this game is going to be disgusting I want nothing to do with uh, I, the only week I played Jordan Tampa was against Houston because, again, the pace is up when Houston's scoring that much points. This week, I, I mean, Seattle's a run-first team. they got an NFL-minded head coach. I think that Seattle's just going to – or St. Louis, sorry, is going to pound the rock against Seattle, and this game should be ugly. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so my general rule for Tiamu so far has been that I'll play him when he's playing against a good offense on the other side with how yep. run-heavy they've been, and all of their um, depth of targets and everything have been so low. I actually saw like a crazy stat today where they're literally dead last in the league in air yards, like 400 after three weeks. I think Houston's number one with 1,100. And, like, you know, with only eight teams, that's a huge difference. Oh, oh yeah. So, you know, even the receivers and stuff, I, you know, I don't really want to play pay up for personnel. He also doesn't play very many snaps. He had that one really good week in, in week two. But, I mean, outside of there, he really hasn't done a lot. A guy that I do kind of like in St. Louis, though, is Alonzo Russell. I went to him a good bit last week. He's been, you know, pretty decent for his 5K price range. He's had 14.9 and... And 8.6, you know, for throughout the first three weeks, and he's also one of the top five receivers in the league for for air yards. Um, so you have to think that one of these times he's going to catch one of those deep balls. Um, so Alonzo Russell is a player that I, I like on that St. Louis side, and I actually have a lot of interest in Seattle, unfortunately. With, well, do uh, do tell. Let's go. Let's hear it. Well, I just think that you know, with it being such a widespread and how cheap. Brandon Silvers is at 7,400 that a contrarian lineup build for GPPs would be, you know, to play Silvers and Keenan Reynolds. Keenan Reynolds is really the only receiver I want to play there, but how cheap he is for a quarterback that, you know, has had some decent games. He's had 18 and 16, which that's not great, but with all the prices rising, you know, we're kind of having to now pick and choose where we're finding our value and to get a quarterback that's putting up near 20 points um, in two out of three weeks for, for 7K compared to the 10, 11Ks of everybody else. I just think that that 
3K savings is really interesting. And since you're getting them in a game where this, the spread is so high and you know that they're probably going to be throwing the ball when they have it, I just I think that there's worse plays out there. No, for sure. I, I agree with you there. I think that's the that's a good way to look at it. I mean, both games that they were trailing, week three and week one, he did surpass 16 fantasy points. I think that's his floor there when he does throw it over 30 times. So I just... Uh, if If... <laughs> St. Louis's defense is solid. I actually respect them. They're they've been playing very well on the defensive side of the ball. I'd rather play their defense and just use one of their running backs. I, I really don't like either of them because again, I think that this is a league where you just get a guy that's going to get four or five, six catches, and we do have a game with running backs that match that game script. So I'm personally probably going to take Seattle off my player pool. Maybe one receiver. I think the only guy that I've been getting to in my initial builds is um, this Moore guy here. Is it Alonzo Moore? Uh, yeah, Alonzo Moore. He's 3K. He's playing a ton of snaps, 79% of the snaps last week. He got five targets, So, and he's, I think, only 3K. So, again, that's kind of how my builds are going is I need a value player from a different game. But uh, any thoughts on Keenan Reynolds, the guy's playing every single snap out there, leading the team in targets recently? Um, I know everybody loves Austin Prohl, but I'm not going to go there this week. I think he's safe. I mean, Prohl's going to have a floor. If you're building a cash lineup, Prohl's going to be fine. And, again, I think this Alonzo Moore guy at 3K is going to be fine for a cash game if you're loading up elsewhere. Yeah, I love Keenan Reynolds. He's actually number one in the league in air yards for wide receivers. He, Like you said, he plays 100% of the snaps. He runs the most routes on their team, I believe. I'm not positive on that, but I, I think so. You know, we saw in week two, he caught that long pass. I mean, it, it made up, you know, probably like 90% of his production that week. But he hasn't had less than seven targets in a game. And I just think that, um, you know, one of these days he's going to catch one of those really long balls again and it's 7k on a bad team that you know a lot of people don't like to go to i think that i'll, I'll probably get to a lot of keenan reynolds he'll probably be the, the player i take the most from the seattle game i'm also not totally against trey williams at 4400 i mean i i kind of would like to avoid um these split backfields um their blocking is just so bad I, i'm just looking at my notes here when i was watching the game the only thing i wrote for the running backs is the run offense sucks <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, I get deep into detail with it there when I'm writing my notes. Yeah, which is why, you know, Trey Williams is probably my favorite. He's been, you know, the pass catching back, I think, for the most part. You know, he had four catches in week one. When they got behind, he had three catches last week. Again, you know, this is kind of looking for that, that value that you're going to be able to fit in the chalk, Cam Phillips, P.J. Walker lineup. And I think that, you know, Trey Williams might be a contrarian way to – to get them in instead of playing those L.A. wide receivers that everyone else is going to go for. Right on. All right. I'm with you. Um, any thoughts on the St. Louis running backs? I'll, I'll make one little note here. I I will never quit LaDainian Washington. That dude's huge from St. Louis. I just they, – they never really throw to him unless they're chasing points, and that was only against Houston. So uh, – and they weren't really even chasing points. They were just going back and forth. I'll have Washington in my player pool. Again, no personnel. Both Hess and I are off him because we are – they're not going to need him, assuming that this Vegas spread is right. But what are your thoughts on these uh, running backs, Matt Jones, Christine, Michael? Pretty much an even timeshare. Matt Jones gets a ton of touches. No work in the passing game, though. Any, any thoughts on those guys? I think Matt Jones is fine, especially in cash games. You know, when you're trying to get those guaranteed touches, you know that he's going to get them. They should have a lead, so he should carry the ball a lot. Um, maybe he'll finally break 100 yards. <laughs> I don't think any <laughs> running back's going to break 100 yards. Cameron Harris Payne was so close. He was at close. 99 in week two. Uh, what was Matt Jones? He was close to, I remember, at 95 90. last week. 
Yeah, and he had 85 in week one. He's come so close. Maybe this is the week. Oh, I'm going to get pumped when there's a 100-yard rusher. Because then, then the game changes. We get the three-point bonus there. No one's done that yet for the running back side of things, um, rushing the ball at least. But, yeah, I mean, if there's any running back that – You'd have to bet on to score a touchdown. Matt Jones is probably at the top of your list, right? Yeah, I, I like Matt Jones. I actually don't, still don't think I'm going to play him, even though I like him, because if I'm paying top dollar for a running back, I'd rather play Cameron Artis Payne. You know, sure. I'll, get, I'll get to that. But I just think that, you know, since they're so close in price, I probably won't get to any of Matt Jones. If I'm paying up for a running back, I'm just going to go all the way to the top. Yep. I'm with you 100%. But, guys, if you uh, have the Matt Jones fever, I think there's a good chance he scores a touchdown. We really don't see any player props in the XFL, which is something I love to look at. But I would personally put his uh, touchdown odds at, like, right around even money, which for the XFL would probably be pretty good value. So just something to think about there. But that is enough with that game. Let's get to the fun one here. Houston at Dallas, which is pretty much all of the focus I have put on my lineups is stacking this game with Landry Jones, two Dallas guys, two Houston guys. P.J. Walker, two Houston guys, one or two Dallas guys. And that's kind of all I'm doing. That's why I have to play these, uh, you know, this Alonzo Moore at 3K or the other guy I already forgot that we were talking about earlier at 3K. But we got Houston on the road as a one-and-a-half point favorite, a Vegas total of 51, which is by far higher than any game on the board here. So, again, just let Vegas do some of the work for you guys. This is where the production is going to come from. High-scoring games equals high-scoring fantasy production. Has kick us off here. What do you like? I like just about everything, really. Um, Boom. There you go, guys. That's your player pool. Houston and Dallas <laughs> can stop the show. <laughs> everything outside of James Butler. I'll have no James Butler in this game. I do know that. And I also don't love Jeff Bidette. Uh, he has, he even as fast as he is, I think he's utilized incorrectly. They run him on a lot of small routes and underneath routes, and he just hasn't done a lot with it, but his price hasn't come down any. So Jeff Bidette, Sammy Coates, and uh, James, James Butler, the three guys I don't like. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. So <laughs> with Jeff Bidette, I've I know Hobby's been on him too. I've been just been a believer every single week waiting for it. And you know what? I finally kind of figured out the film. I, I was just overlooking it, I guess. It's something I rarely do is kind of because the NFL has all this information available to you out there. But the XFL, I started like timing the uh, the release, I guess, from the time that uh, Landry Jones gets the ball and then releases it. It's like just over two seconds. I mean, Jeff Bidette would have to run like a 3540 to get down the field in 2.5 seconds or obviously he'd have to run like 2.5 40 to get 40 yards down the field in, in two seconds so that again like has said he runs a lot of underneath routes because that's what this offense does they don't throw the ball deep they don't have a ton of air yards they just dump it off and that's what is going to take up my uh, running back player pool here it's artist pain he gets like six catches a game and then dunbar is just running a ton of routes as a as a slot receiver one and out of the backfield as a running back. So I think if you're going to play MME, a sort of GPP, I think that my personal preference is to either use Dunbar and artist, not and artist paint. I probably won't use them both in the same lineup, but using one of them as like, you know, 75 to 80% of my lineups is going to have one of those guys in the RB one spot. It's interesting that, you know, you clarify that you don't want to play Dunbar and Cameron artist paint because I think that is actually my, uh, favorite way to play this uh, Dallas team when I'm stacking is to go Landry Jones, Cameron Artis Payne, and Dunbar. Um, Dunbar's kind of led the team and targets more as a receiver than a running back, so I think that you can play them together. And I think that oh, if I'm sure. playing, 
Landry Jones, Cameron Artis Payne, and Dunbar, that, you know, you have a pretty good chance of getting 100% of the touchdown equity for that team. I mean, you know, there's there's Donald Parham for 10K, and he's been great, and he does have three touchdowns so far. But outside of there, Artis Payne and, and Dunbar have been, I think, the, the two best weapons on that team, and I think that it would be really contrarian to play them both together. And I think that that's kind of a way that you can stack this game without being really chalky. No, for sure. I think that's a great point. I think when I did my initial build, I try to, you know, do like, like I said, 25 to 40 in that range somewhere and just kind of change it up every day as I start to shift elsewhere. I just didn't see myself having the price for both of them. So I kind of made a rule to not put both of them in. But I think you made a great point. That is guaranteed production. You know, if you use Landry Jones or you could use PJ Walker on the other side and just use both these running backs, they are going to get, you know, multiple touches on every single drive, assuming they can, you know, move the change, get a couple first downs there. But that is, a very contrarian way to get about it because I think everybody's going to try to jam Parham in, don't you think? Yeah, I think I think Parham's kind of been the de facto number one weapon there. Yeah, he needs to go to the NFL, honestly. The Redskins should have never let him leave in the first place. <laughs> yeah, but, there you go. Yeah, I just I'm kind of thinking that you know you can't play Parham and can't can't build up too pretty much. Yeah, you can't fit yeah. them both. And I'd rather play Cam Phillips. I mean, Cam Phillips has had the 100-yard games, the multi-touchdown games. He's had the targets every week. So if you're picking between the two of them, I'd, I'd rather have Cam Phillips. So, I mean, you know, when when looking at that game, I'm pretty often, you know, Landry Jones, Cameron Artis Payne, Lance Dunbar, Cam Phillips, and then somebody like Nick Holly, you know, all the way down at 4,400, who, you know, I, I keep playing and keeps getting me nothing. But one of these days it'll pay off. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's that's it. I'm the same guy on the other side, Flynn Eagle. These little slot receivers that just, uh, I mean, in the Dallas offense, it makes a lot of sense to use him. So yeah, like we were we were saying there, I, I think Flynn Eagle is a guy I've been getting a lot of my builds. He's going to be super super chalky. I'm assuming because that price point again, people aren't dumb. They're going to stack this game up. So I, I, you know, I'm glad we did this podcast. So like Hess said, using both these running backs is a get way to, a great way to get contrarian because I'm sure everybody's going to go Landry. Jones in their Landry Jones lineup is going to use Parham and then Flynn Nagel or maybe one of these running backs Parham or one of these running backs and Flynn Nagel so it's I think Nagel's a great cash play eat the chalk and cash a little bit there especially if it's a game with a total of 51 points I don't think you can go wrong there especially like we talked about Landry Jones gets the ball out of his hands so quickly their offensive line is not good they can't block for a long time and get a guy like Bidette open downfield so Flynn Eagle definitely in play I don't know if I love him as much as uh, my GPP builds are GPP builds are giving me right now, but I think he's definitely in play. What are your thoughts on him? I think that's kind of a guy that I'm going to try to avoid. I think that outside of that touchdown he scored last week, that he really hasn't done anything, even you know with uh, the catches and targets he's had. It's not that he's been, I guess, bad. It's just you know at 4,800, I'd, I'd rather spend the extra. I mean, I guess it's 2K, but I'd just rather get to Lance Dunbar. Like like you said, I think I think Nagel's a good cash play just just the way it kind of leads to the builds um i really think that is with the ownership that he has that it's just not going to be worth it for me yeah he's going to be like 45 percent owned don't you think at a minimum yeah i mean i, I would think that you know between him and nick holly that 80 percent of the field has one of the two yeah, if not both. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, in your tournaments, I'm with you, man. I'll have Flynn Nagel and Cash most likely just because I need them. 
but in tournaments i'm gonna go with the the two running backs or get try to get uh, cam phillips and khalil lewis i think this is a great spot for khalil lewis who's runs a ton of routes mainly in the slot he doesn't get a ton of air yards so i don't think he's gonna break the slate by any means but if this game does pace up i like um khalil lewis a lot in the slot i think that he's gonna get you know anywhere from eight to ten targets in this game i got him projected for seven and a half i don't know how you get seven and a half targets so it's kind of just a math thing I'll, i will bump that up a little bit going through the week and hopefully this total climbs a little bit more or maybe get to 52 53 i'd love to see that the public money going on the over and, and really back this game shooting out but i think khalil lewis is a great contrarian play against cam phillips but they're not the same player at all cam phillips is just an air yard king goes down field sammy Coates. i'll have a little bit of him just because no one's going to play him and again if it's a shootout type of game they didn't need him last week he only played 48 percent of the snaps i think so but he's just he's bad i don't know i just can't quit him because i feel like one day it's going to happen and i'm kind of just really upset about the whole week one thing where he cost me 100k but whatever um any other thoughts on this game i mean james butler i'll have a little bit of him just for the touchdown equity if, if this is the highest scoring game houston's got the highest implied team total i, I don't want to avoid that number one running back but he splits a lot of time too with andre williams now coming back but i think if it's a close game that butler will kind of be more involved and they won't have to sit him like they did last week and go to andre williams Mobley, I think he's a deep ball guy. Can definitely catch a touchdown in this game. Malone doesn't really see the snaps as much, so I don't want to go there. I think Mobley and Malone are relatively the same price. But uh, any thoughts on those guys? Khalil Lewis, Mobley, Malone, Butler. I know you already talked about Butler, but these uh, second-tier receivers outside of Cam Phillips. Yeah, I also really like Khalil Lewis. I have him. I have him as uh, the. I guess the way that the sheet kind of works that I've set up. I have like the chalk plays whether they're good or bad, and then I have my favorite plays. And Khalil Lewis did make my top five favorite receivers. He's fifth. I prefer, you know, Phillips and, and Parham over him. Um, I also prefer Dunbar over Lewis. But I think that if for some reason you're going to fade Cam Phillips in your lineups, that Lewis is your best bet to actually leverage off of him with. I would say that if Cam Phillips doesn't have a huge day, it's probably because Lewis has a, has a pretty good day. So, you know, if for some reason you're not playing Cam Phillips and you're, you're going, you're going Parham and Lewis, um, you know, I definitely think that Lewis is your best bet. And my biggest problem with James Butler, um, you know, besides the fact that he doesn't get, you know, a, a ton of touches already, the touchdown equity kind of scares me because I think that Andre Williams is a better goal line running back than James Butler. I think it's the only thing that Andre Williams can actually do right. You know, after watching him run into the backs of his, offensive lineman in the NFL for you know, two seasons. I think that, you know, he does have a little bit of value as a, as a goal line running back. And, you know, it kind of scares me because you are playing Butler, hoping that he scores a touchdown. He hasn't had more than nine attempts in any game. So if you play James Butler for 7,500 and Andre Williams scores a touchdown, he's busting and he's going to, he's going to completely ruin all of your lineups, no matter what else you get right at that price point. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I mean, Butler is a little too expensive. So, yeah, to recap, we love Cam Phillips. Obviously, how can you not? Khalil Lewis, we're both on him. I think we'll be way, way overweight against the field there and Khalil Lewis ownership. And then I think the one flyer for me, because there's always some random guy that scores a touchdown in these big shootout games, I think my guy will be Mobley. I'll have a little bit of him just because he's so cheap and I can afford him. And then Dallas, like we said, use both running backs, find a way to use both in a couple lineups, find a way to use Dunbar and other lineups and 
I'm not going to completely avoid Bidet. I'm not going to quit talent yet. But uh, yeah, we're both down on Bidet, and I think Nagel. That's the, just the cash lock you get if your uh, if your lineup can. I'm sure it can afford him in, in cash. But in tournaments, we're going to be underweight on Nagel. Um, next game, we got DC at Tampa Bay. Doesn't sound like Aaron Murray's going to start, but he is healthy, so we'll see Cornelius again. He didn't actually look that bad last week, and he runs the ball a little bit. But we got D.C. on the road as a 2.5-point favorite and a Vegas total of 43.5, so it's, I guess, a respectable total. In the NFL, I'd completely fade this, too, assuming that other games on the slate had way higher totals. But there are some good players in this game. Eli Rogers, I'll just come out right there and say it. That guy's just always on the field. He's such a safe cash play. We don't see a whole lot of air yards from him, so you know you're probably not going to get unless he scores a touchdown. You're not going to see a 15-point ceiling out of him. So more of a cash guy, or depending on your lineup build, if you just need a player that's going to get you nine to ten points and let your the rest of your lineup carry in a GPP, I guess you could play Rodgers there. What are your thoughts on this game, there, Hess? Yeah, this is actually my second favorite game. I think it's kind of a close second for me as far as GPPs. Um, you know, obviously it's not nowhere near. Um, as good of a game as Houston and Dallas, but I think that a lot of the prices work better. You know, Tampa Bay had two of their top corners out last week, and it's looking like that's going to happen again. Yep. So, you know, the the D.C. offense, Cardell Jones, <clears throat> Eli Rogers, I really like Rashad Ross this week. I think that this is going to be the big week we finally get from Rashad Ross. You know, he's the one that should see um, the backup corner that got absolutely toasted last week by Cam Phillips. Um, they're projecting it to be on Rashad Ross's side. He's down to 8,700, the lowest we've seen him. Uh, you know, this is a week that I, I really think that I want to have a lot of Rashad Ross. Um, I also like Dan Williams again. You know, I, I went back to him last week after he had the bad week in week two. I think the biggest edge in XFL has actually come from, um, you know, the general public's overreactions to things because it's so new and a lot of these guys don't know any of these players. So, you know, if someone has a bad week, they have almost no ownership the next week. So Dan Williams is a spot that I, I went to last week, and I, I think I want to again. Um, and I also still really like um, Patrick, the running back from Tampa Bay. He had a terrible game last week after he was chalk. You know, he had 4.9, um, but he's still only 5K, and I think this is a better game environment. And he did, you know, he did have 10 carries, and he still had two catches. I think that there's just a lot of – um, really good plays for good prices. You, you, have, you know, you have Reese Horn at 5K, Patrick at 5K, Tompkins is still 5,200. He's actually my favorite receiver on the whole slate. If you consider everything, price, upside. Jalen Tolliver had a big week last week at 6K. It just feels like that at these prices, and with it being the second highest total that should garner a lot less ownership as a full stack, that this is a spot that you could stack and potentially, you know, have a better day especially if you can make the room to still get Cam Phillips or Parham or Cameron Artis Payne from the other game. Yeah, no, you, you nailed it on the head there, man. That was a, a great analysis. I like every single player you mentioned. I'm not sure if I'm going to go. I think Tolliver is going to be in St. Chalk because it's priced in such a big game. But you can get him in there. I mean, he's playing 100% of the snaps damn near every week. He had 13 targets last week. I believe that led the slate, and that sure did. Rashad Ross, man, I was I was hoping – I didn't think you were going to talk about him. That was my guy this week as well. I think he's a great pivot off of Cam Phillips if you want to pull a Hess last week and fade him again if you guys got the stones to do it. I think that Rashad Ross definitely has the ceiling to do it. And, again, the cornerbacks for Tampa Bay are terrible. 
I think I only I quit watching that game in like the third quarter because it, it was just bad football to watch Tampa Bay. But yeah, I think Rashad Ross is going to be another. He'll probably get up to maybe 10% ownership tops in my opinion. Again, this is just there's really no ownership projection, so I don't really know how accurate that'll be but that's what i'm going to go with is uh set the line at over under 10 percent. i'll take the under but i think rashad ross is a great play at a price that pretty much everybody's gonna be like well i could just go up to eli rogers or cleo lewis or go down to austin prole everybody's favorite player in the xfl apparently or jeff bedette again they're going to try to stack up this uh this 51 point game but yeah that, like you said it, it is my second favorite game as well vegas kind of makes that obvious but if you're not doing a primary houston dallas stack i think you could definitely go with dc tampa bay and like i said get a couple guys from houston dallas just to not completely fade that game and you may be um swimming in cash here at sunday night yeah um you know somebody i forgot to bring up up, but I was just reading through is Tanner McEvoy. McEvoy. Yeah, he was an old NFL prospect. Yeah, he was actually um, re-signed back to the roster today. And I, I think that he's going to play. He's another guy that's 3,100. And, you know, he is an NFL talent. It's just kind of a dart throw. But, you know, at that 3K, it's another guy that, that's a pivot off of the L.A. chalk that I think you could maybe put in your lineup and, and hope he catches a deep pass. I think that my favorite play, or my favorite way to play this game, honestly, I think that I would still play P.J. Walker over Cardell Jones. You know, P.J. Walker and maybe even naked. He, I think that he's the only quarterback in the league that you can play naked. This is just like a weird um, contrarian strategy that I've kind of been considering that I, th- I think could work. Um, but, you know, P.J. Walker at 40 last week, he had a rushing touchdown. He, he runs a good bit. I think that you could get away playing P.J. Walker naked and stacking the rest of this game. That way you still have, you know, the player with the most touchdown equity in the Houston-Dallas game, but then you get a lot of these prices and everything. You know, you could probably play a lot of the top ones in this game in a a game that's got a close total. I mean, Pumphrey at 6,500 and Dan Williams at 7,800. Ross at 8,700. I mean, realistically, I think that you could get two of those guys in in a lineup and Tompkins. So I think that, you know, if you're looking for a really off-the-wall GPP strategy that nobody's going to do, it, it, that would probably be it for me. For sure. I'm with you, man. You want to go over just a recap of our top plays here, cash and GPP, and then we'll get out of here? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. First game again, I will just uh, L.A. and New York. I think for me, um, it's probably Kermit Whitfield just, again, because of price. I don't know how much exposure I want to this game at all. I'm not going to touch any of the running backs. Smallwood, he could, I don't know, I'll put him in some GPPs, but not much. But, yeah, Whitfield's probably my guy, and then Brandon Barnes. Yep. Uh, I, I On my list, I just have L.A. receivers down and uh, McKay, and, and that's probably it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I will have a little bit of Darius Victor just for – some GPP builds, his price is pretty low. But then Seattle at St. Louis, it sounds like you like this game. I don't want anything to do with anybody on it besides potentially Alonzo Moore. Again, I need a 3K receiver in almost all my builds, but that's yeah, that's it for so me. I'll let Hess take this one. I actually forgot that Taylor Cornelius was now going to start. So you can scratch everything I said about Brandon Silvers because uh, Taylor, Corn- Taylor Cornelius is actually cheaper, and he runs – and I think the game environment's even better. So I would rather stack Tampa Bay than Seattle. Um, but I still like Trey Williams as a contrarian uh, GPP value. And I really like Keenan Reynolds as a, as a top receiver for his price. 
Right on. All right. The game that everybody is interested in, Houston and Dallas, I think for me to be a little bit different, like I always like to be, it's going to be Khalil Lewis for me, a little bit of Mobley for the Houston wide receivers. Obviously get your uh, Cam Phillips in there. You can't just avoid that guy as of right now. And then Dallas, Nagel for cash. Again, I'll, I'll keep saying that. Cam Phillips, you probably have to play in cash. Can't fade that. He is uh, this week's Nelson Spruce of just absolute chalk because there is no Spruce now, so you just have to play Cam Phillips. Um, par him. Oh, probably a great cash player, too, if you find a way to not put Cam Phillips in there and just use Walker maybe as your uh, Cam Phillips exposure. And then both running backs, yeah, I, I don't know how, how else to put it for this one. That's pretty much all I am interested in. I'll get some Nick Holly too, like you, you mentioned there, but he's not a main factor of mine. It's just if Price forces him in there, I'll play him for sure. Yeah, um, that about nails it for me. i just reiterate that my favorite strategy for this game is to play Cameron Artis Payne and Lance Dunbar together. Um, All right, man. I think you're you're definitely contrarian on that, and I think that's what you sparked my attention. So let's run with that and hope it pays off. Then DC at Tampa Bay has loves this game. I'll just let him cover it because I really don't have a ton of exposure to it, but I do love Rashad Ross. That's I'll put that out there right now. Yep. Um, I think that if Presley misses, then Pumphrey becomes a really interesting play, and he might even honestly take a lot of the Dunbar ownership. They're right around the same price. Um, that'd be really nice. If no one's talking about Pumphrey, I'll, I'll play him if Presley is out. But, you know, he hasn't had any, like, huge games. You know, Dunbar's 200 more, and he literally leads his team in targets. So price to price, I'd, I'd rather have Dunbar easily. But uh, Pumphrey's interesting. I think that... I'm going to go back to the Tampa Bay running backs. You know, they, they both play a good bit. Devion Smith had 15 attempts last week and two catches. And Patrick had, I think, 10 carries and three catches. So I think both of them are playable. Um, and I actually have a little bit of interest in Reese Horn at 5K. Um, you know, he's had 7, 10, and 8 at 5K. He's had five catches twice. Um, he's had at least five targets in every game. I, I think that this is just uh, a game with a lot of stacking options that if you are going to be contrarian and not stack Houston, Dallas, this is the game that you've got to, you've got to stack. All right. Well, there you have it, boys and girls. I, uh, I think that's pretty much as in-depth as we're going to go with it. Again, one of my things is just simplify your lineup builds, use the information from this, anything, other sources that you like, use it. But to reiterate, we have a ton of interest in Houston-Dallas. The whole field is, too, so you've got to find a way to get different with that game. And then another way to do it is to go with D.C. and Tampa Bay because I do not think the ownership is going to be very high on that game. Cardell Jones was so down last week. His price is up a little bit. You can maybe use him. The only two quarterbacks I'm probably going to use are P.J. Walker, Landry Jones, and then maybe a little bit of Cornelius, maybe one or two lines with Cardell. Maybe he starts to run the ball again, but that's it for me. Um, any last thoughts there? Oh, you nailed it for me. Those are the same four quarterbacks that I've got written as well. All right. Good luck, and uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Have a good weekend.